we were carrying a bunch of odd objects, sandbags, plates, kettlebells, water bags, whatever you could think of, 50 pound med ball. And we we're on the two minutes training. And one of my buddies was like, man, don't you, you ever do anything like this and, and realize that you carry this around every day? And it's like, man, I, I've never been one for like nostalgia workouts or whatever, but I, I did that for a long time in my life. I don't want to remember it. <laughs> Welcome to the Bar Band Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barband.com. Today, I'm talking to professional golfer Scott Stallings, who has three PGA Tour wins. Stallings may be one of the golf world's elite but he's also been making waves in the fitness community for his physical transformation. About two years ago, Stallings made a commitment to lean out in order to boost his longevity in professional golf. Since then, he's trained with some of the fitness and CrossFit world's best, including four-time CrossFit Games champion, Rich Froning. They're both Tennessee residents, which has become a sort of new epicenter of functional fitness and strength sports. We chat about how strength training impacts golf performance, the movements Scott actively avoids as a professional golfer, and the complex training schedule Stallings and other golfers have when active on tour. Ever wondered if professional golfers lift before or after rounds on the course? How does their travel schedule impact training? We chat about all of that and much, much more. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barben podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Barbend newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com slash newsletter to start becoming the smartest person in your gym today. Now let's get to it. Scott Stallings, thanks so much for joining us today. The first question I have for you is with a lot of sports events, and including on the PGA Tour, uh, on hold for the time being, how are, you, how are you staying in shape? What's kind of your routine look like this summer, heading into the summer? Well, uh, we moved into a new house in June uh, of last year, and I built a gym in my backyard, and uh, it's been, you know, 50 feet from my back porch, and I've been... You know, golf, it was a, a unique time. I've been a professional for 13 years, and I've never really had this much time off, especially in the middle of the season when everyone else was forced to take it. So we, uh, guys I trained with, we got on a call and decided we we're never going to have a chance to do this again in our career probably, and, and we were going to get after it, and we did. Uh, it's It's been fun. We've uh, pushed each other a lot and uh, kind of started with some baseline workouts and kind of see, all right, you know, when we get closer to the end. and you know, we'll see, we'll do these workouts again and see how far we've come. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's, it's been good for the first probably six, seven weeks. Golf wasn't very much of a priority. Uh, just literally working out at least once a day, if not twice a day, depending on what we were doing. Uh, but, uh, it's been a unique time and, uh, it's been nice to be able to walk out my back door and, and walk right into the gym. It, it's certainly a time where everyone who has a home gym or was hoarding uh, fitness equipment, uh, you don't you don't look so crazy now for taking all that time to build that home gym, do you? No, I mean I I had a garage gym at my old house, and you know we'd have four or five guys running in there, and you know I always wanted we we have some land kind of out in the country, and 
always like the idea of a barn or some type of accessory building on, you know, on a piece of property where people kind of come and go when they wanted and uh, have a pretty unique uh, training group. We've got a, uh, the guy that catches for the Washington Nationals. And then another one of our really good friends is a lightweight 155 UFC fighter. And then we have the guy that kind of introduced us all as our trainer and PT, the guy that travels with us on tour, his name's Adam Curley. And he's the kind of the guy that got us all hooked up together. And it's been a, uh, <laughs> four guys that just push each other and there's a lot of trash talk and, uh, but everyone comes in knowing that we're all going to push each other, to try to get better. So it's been a good time where I'll look back to it. Uh, remember it forever. It's kind of neat that you have professionals from all these different sports training together because it is kind of common ground that you can, you can compete in. What are some of the, you know, you said you were testing a lot of baseline workouts with these guys kind of heading into this period of quarantine and social distancing. What are some of your favorites and uh, which are, I have to ask, which are you best at compared to these guys? Yeah. Anything like long cardio or like longer cardio intervals uh, is kind of where my I guess the sweet spot is, uh, I'm, I'm not great at anything, but I'm pretty good at a lot. If that makes sense, except for pull-ups, especially Murph, golly. And I drew the short straw. We had a bunch of vests and we had seven guys on Monday that did Murph. And I have a bunch, I have three vests and I have two 20 pounders and one 30 pounder. I was like, man, I'm the host. I'm not going to just stick some guy with this 30 pounder. And I did it. It was like, man, I am feeling it right here. <laughs> Uh, um, but we did a bunch of, uh, um, a bunch of cool workouts throughout the course of the season Wednesday and a tournament round is kind of a, a reset, uh, like kind of a, basically just pure cardio day kind of reset where the earlier part of the tournament week is, you know, kind of slower, uh, heavier, longer, and kind of as the week progresses to shorter, faster, lighter. And we did a bunch of renditions of this workout that I made up on Wednesdays called the Holy Trinity. We actually did it at Rogue with Dan Bailey, which the original workout is 400 meter run, 30 cows, bike, ski, row, 400 meter run, 20 cows, bike, ski, row, 400 meter run, 10, 400 meter run. So you run a mile and you do 30, 20, 10, you know, progressively down on each one. And so we just basically came up with a bunch of just awful versions of that. <laughs> and I told my, we were going to do a, a one fifties version of the Trinity where you did a ski and you had basically just different time domains as far as work to rest and partners. And I had my UFC buddy who was, he was probably three weeks out of his last fight where he won. But still, if you know anything about fighting, they take a downward turn <laughs> in, in their, uh, nutrition and everything and this was his first workout back and i was like all right let's see where we are and it was basically a a 30 30 uh two-person interval with a seven minute cap to try to get 150 you went seven minute cap 30 30 30 on 30 off and kind of alternating rounds of 150 cows uh ski three minute rest row three minute rest and then bike and we did. We finished every single one but the ski. We got 146 calories in seven minutes on the ski, and we we retested it probably three or four weeks ago, and we got them all done with under six minutes. It's just crazy to see how you progress. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. That's like very amazing and measurable progress. It's, I mean, it, it it seems like it seems like you're attracted to sports and activities where you can measure your progress numerically. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and honestly, like. You know, some some of the, like the lifting and stuff we've been 
uh, we've been squatting, deadlifting quite a bit. Um, a little bit careful with some of the upper body movements. Just I'm pretty big as it is. Uh, probably don't need to get any larger. <laughs> And I can always get stronger, but some of the lifting, as far as you always hear, I don't want to lift because I don't want to get bulky. I don't think it's necessarily that mentality, but uh, I, I know what things I can benefit from and things that could potentially be detrimental. So kind of focusing there. But uh, yeah, golf's a, a unique sport where you can always continue to get better and fitness is the same way. I did your reference in the Loud and Live and I did uh, Savan's podcast last week. And I like the idea of, of just just the whole idea of work CrossFit where you can take the same workout and do it seven different ways and get seven completely different results just by the way that you implement time domains, caps, you know, rounds for time, whatever it is. And the same workout that looks on paper and then you just change up a few different things and it's completely different. Like that, uh, that appeals to me tremendously. You were talking a little bit about Wednesdays as a reset day when you're when you're on tour, kind of heading into events, golfing events, you know, starting on the Thursday of that week. What does a normal week schedule look like in season for you as far as training? Because, you know, you're you're out there on the course for, you know, maybe four days, Thursday through Sunday. So how are you kind of fitting in your workouts and training around that schedule? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't understand the easiest part of our week from the tournament standpoint is Thursday through Sunday. Uh, you know, the travel, the logistics of getting to and from an event, kind of how all that stuff works. But, uh, I've been on the road for 12 weeks straight at one time <laughs> and kind of managing all that. So just with the way that we play, we have the, the, the totality of a season is the same as NASCAR. There's 49 events. There's a couple weeks where there's multiple events in one week, but for the most part, we have the same length of season as NASCAR. So the idea of having like some kind of periodized strength training schedule and, and phase out and phase back in is just absolutely a fabrication. It's <laughs> just a, like a, it's a pipe dream pretty much. So you have to basically fit in how you would, you know, build a traditional strength training cycle into a week. So if you had like this sliding scale of as the week went on, you would have like heavier volume, longer, slower, heavier weights. And as the week progresses, shorter, faster, lighter with, especially with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is the biggest part of my week where I have the most control. Thursday through Sunday is based all my tea times and kind of when I'm doing this and when I'm doing that. Uh, so I have the most control of that. And we always kind of reset everything. It's mostly some kind of fasted cardio, some intervals, uh, you know, running depending on or in kind of what equipment we have access to and kind of resets. And then Thursday through Sunday is more rotary specific. And with respect to when I'm playing and when I'm traveling again and kind of go from there. So when you actually have a, a round on a given day, are you doing a, a workout before or, or after your round? Yeah, it just kind of depends. If I play in the morning, I'll train in the afternoon. Uh, if I play in the afternoon, I'll do like some maybe like a little bit of, um, you know, I would call it just a very light session, you know, mobility kind of work on everything, kind of get everything ready to go and just try not to take anything away from when my name's called on the first tee, just kind of add to it just to where I'm ready to go. But if I if say I play in the morning on Thursday and I play in the afternoon on Friday, it'd be a pretty good training session Thursday afternoon. I just got to the point now where you hear all the, like the games athletes and everything like, I only have to work out twice a day. 
<laughs> and they're and they're like, man, I have to do a, a nine minute AMRAP and uh, you know a, a you know a fifteen minute you know round for time. Like that's all I have to do today. And not that I have achieved any sort of level, even remotely worth putting myself in that. But when you get to the point of training and and playing and practicing to the where we are, you know, a, a 30, 45 minute session in the gym is just only going to add to it. And it's become so much more of a mental side than a physical side is, you know, a good day, a bad day. It, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of where I go to get away and kind of reset the mind and, and be ready to, to start up fresh the next day. You very famously, and this has been covered, we won't go into it too, too much, but you very famously dropped a good bit of weight. I'm, uh, I think it was 50 pounds uh, in the last couple of years. Um, I've gone through that. I've, I've dropped 50 pounds a few times in, in my life for various sports and then regained it. It's, it's a great accomplishment, but I'm curious as to the direct impact it had on your golf game. Well, I can do a lot more with a lot less effort. And we, we, we did a, we had a group of guys that we did Murph with. We were all in town for Memorial day and, you know, things in Tennessee are, you know, trending back to whatever normal looks like. And, uh, a friend of ours has a fitness trail on his property and it's a mile, but man, it is Tennessee Hills. And you hear like, Oh, what's your time? And you're like 22 minutes. Like it took you 22 minutes to run a mile. It's like, yes. Like, with the, some of this stuff, it's some steep uphill, some dirt, like you're just dealing with it. So we were running the, uh, uh, running, we were carrying a bunch of odd objects, sandbags, plates, kettlebells, water bags, whatever you could think of 50 pound med ball. And we we're on the two minutes training. And one of my buddies was like, man, don't you, you ever do anything like this and, and realize that you carry this around every day? It's like, man, I've never been one for like nostalgia workouts or whatever, but I, I did that for a long time in my life. I don't want to remember it. <laughs> and, uh, but it affected a lot. I mean, the ability to handle the wear and tear of what we do. I mean, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 35. And knowing just the longevity of, of and how long you can play professional golf and you know you take care of yourself I man you can do it for a really long time and um I wasn't a very good steward of that I uh you know kind of took what I had for granted in terms of you know my body and kind of what I was capable of and uh had a lot of people come around me help me make some good decisions and point me in the right direction and you know here we are and able to have a lot of cool conversations meet people like yourself and uh, kind of tell a story so hopefully don't people don't make the same mistakes that I did what is the kind of prevailing approach to fitness and strength training uh, among professional golfers in your experience? Do you think that it's trending more toward functional fitness? Are you seeing a lot of pros doing professional golfers, you know, doing things like CrossFit and training like you, or are you kind of, do you kind of stand apart in that approach? I'd say a little bit. Uh, yes and no. I've had quite a few guys reach out and train with me and kind of dip their toe in and be like, all right, I've seen the changes you've made. Let me try this. Let me see what that's like. Let me, you know, is it really this and that? And, uh, it just kind of depends, but it, it, golf is very counterintuitive to my personality. Um, like it's very long, it's very slow. There's a lot of uh, monotony that goes into it, you know, cause ultimately if you break it down, you're trying to hit the ball straight, you're trying to hit the ball on the green and you're trying to make as many putts as you possibly can. That's pretty simple. Now it's very complicated <laughs> to get to the highest level, but golf in its simplest form is that. And 
So the idea to a way that you can improve fitness and, and overall body function is just endless. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that you can constantly change things and get completely different results as we were talking about the workouts before, but from the pure physicality standpoint too, of man, you treat your body the right way and put yourself in some opportunities to be successful. It's amazing how well your body will respond to those things. And, uh, there's a bunch of guys that do a bunch of different things and there's a bunch of super fit guys on tour as well that I would want no part of training with my buddy, my buddy Camilla Vajegas is asking me to go on some bike rides and I'm like ready to like ride down the beach and he's ready to go like do the outline of Florida. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, I recently ran a half marathon with some of my training buddies, uh, that turned into almost 18 miles because I'm an idiot. Uh, uh, a friend of ours gave us a, a like a, a running route mapping app. And for all those people out there listening, the trail that you're running and the road are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, oh, it's close enough. And, you know, it's, you know, a quarter mile here, half a mile here. And next thing you know, you get off and you go on this tangent. Thankfully, my UFC buddy was so tired when we got done, he, he couldn't fight me, but he would have if he could. <laughs> yeah. But I think, that, you know, there's just a bunch of different ways to do it. And you kind of find what works best for your personality and you know what you kind of get the most out of. And um, I don't know, it's it's something that I've enjoyed and I enjoy writing workouts. I enjoy, you know, figuring out ways to push myself and all right, you know, that seems boring. What could we do? Yeah. And uh, you know, just trying to see, you know, different ways to kind of keep it interesting and, you know, where you just, you know, almost constantly guessing at the end result until you actually go in there and try to do it. What are some movements that you think you might emphasize a little bit more in training as a professional golfer? And what are some movements that you mentioned upper body, not, not really having a goal of putting on a lot of upper body mass right now. What are some movements that you, you might dial back a little bit or do with a little less frequency or intensity or load because of, you know, how it might impact your performance on the course? Well, a lot of it is like risk versus reward. Like I can, I can train, you know, the shoulder movement of a snatch without the risk of a bar snatch. Mm. And I can train the muscle groups of a handstand pushup without running the risk of me breaking my neck, you know, just, you know, weakness and, you know, and just kind of those awkward movements or the same thing of I can recruit the same muscle groups of a bar muscle up with a bunch of different isolated movements without any risk on my shoulders at all. And, uh, I've spent a few training sessions with, uh, Rich Froning at his house. And he's like, if I ever see you do this, like, there's no reason you should ever do this. <laughs> and, uh, just like, you know, it, if, if someone's going to snatch, uh, like I'll, I'll just dumbbell snatch with single arm. And if I go he- I can still go fairly heavy with that. And the risk is way less than a bar. Cause it's easy to get away. It's easy to drop, uh, you know, and just kind of figure out the way to, to keep the integrity of the workout, but minimize the risk from, a, an injury standpoint and different things like that. But we're predominantly pull based in everything. I do a lot of pulling out of the ground we do a lot of single, there's no rotary base in anything of CrossFit or any right. type of lifting. So you get, uh, uh, basically someone that's the straight plane guy or, you know, a traditional, uh, Olympic lifter. Like we went to Las Vegas and we did some stuff with Margot Alvarez and I was getting her to do these, uh, rotational kettlebell cleans off the ground. And she was like, ah, why can't I do this? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, you never like control load laterally. You only do forward and backward. So the idea, and if you have a, like a lateral force, you have the counter on the other side, but literally takes, you know, a unilateral movement where you have to load and control into a rotational plane. Like the, the idea that, especially what I do on a daily basis, that's every day, but you kind of be able to train both sides of that, which has been very interesting to figure out. We do a lot of landmine stuff. We do a lot of single arm kettlebell stuff, you know, isolated overhead holds, you know, and try to ingrain some mobility through that. Um, but I mean, there's a bunch of different things we do, but I mean, we traditionally, we squat, we deadlift. Um, I just got a belt squat. Holy cow, man. Like, uh, for the spinal load of a traditional, like back squat, I know that's not necessarily functional for everyone, but, and it's expensive. It's a huge piece of equipment, but the protection of my spine of what it deals with on an everyday basis, if I can take that out and still squat heavy, like man, that's a win-win. And I had never been on one. And when we played uh, Memorial in Columbus, Dan took us into Rogue, and we went in. And I got to mess around. It's like, how could I not have one of these? You're like, <laughs> and, you're like, I'll take that one, that one right there. Yeah, yeah. Can I like leave with this thing now? And then I was like, yeah, it's 1,200 pounds. Like, how about you ship it to my house? <laughs> uh, but just different things like that. Uh, you know the you know, a bunch of the traditional, you know, CrossFit movements, like I'm not going to handstand walk. Uh, just, I, I reference handstand pushups. I'm not going to bar snatch. I'm not going to, um, bar muscle up, but a lot of pretty much everything else is, you know, right in there, you know, anything lower body, I, I have no problem with the, the stronger your ground base can be the better. Um, and just, you know, it, controlling rotation off the ground as fast and efficient as you possibly can is what we're trying to do. And there's a bunch of movements, man, that you have to be able to, to control and be able to do all that to be able to do what we do at the highest level. I'm curious. I've actually had Margot on the podcast. She's a ton of fun. Like one of the smartest people you'll ever talk to. It just brings energy to everything. And it's also like kind of great at everything. So I'm not surprised she was a little frustrated when she didn't get a movement immediately because she's kind of good at everything. Was that, were you helping her with her, her long drive training? I know that's something that she's kind of taken up recently. Yeah, we actually, we went to the range in Vegas and we brought all this equipment from her house and we brought it to the back of the range. And I was basically showing her how we can take a, um, we could take a, a CrossFit methodology with a little bit of rotary focus and put it in where it would both benefit her fitness and her golf. And we took a landmine, some banded stuff, uh, and like uh, a single heavy kettlebell, um, and some different things. And it was like very few places where that would be acceptable, but putting her and I in a range in Vegas with like hitting drivers and training and doing all this, it was, it was great. But the first like hour before we even started recording, she's like, all right, it's going to take me a minute to kind of figure all this stuff out. Um, I did a, a thing with the RP strength guys at Frontings house and it was basically like he wrote a workout that I wrote a workout that he wrote a workout that I wrote a workout. And I said, all right, man, um, it's my turn. We're going to do some, uh, like alternating landmine, like off the ground, like rotational presses. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, like the landmine thing that attaches, I said, you've got a bazillion dollars of rogue equipment. Surely there's a landmine attachment here somewhere. And next thing you know, uh, 
one of the guys who was in there training with us like, oh, I think we have one of those. And he goes and it's still in a box. Like no one knows what it is. It hasn't, like, it ha- oh, it hasn't been unpacked yet. It's just still fresh no. in the box. No, literally I was the first person that ever used it and we did it. And, but I think when you kind of get someone that's in a traditional, not that they're traditional by any means, but like, this is the way we train. And then you kind of show them a, a new modality or new something to change it up a little bit. The next thing you know, he's sending me videos of how he's doing like landmine rainbows to warm up before just kind of warm his shoulders up and different things like that. And, but it's funny to take two super, super, super fit people and, uh, you know, take them through some different things. Dan was the same way, but, uh, Dan about all of all people got it faster than anyone. And he went through a full, he was recovering from a couple surgeries. So he was just now getting back into, you know, he wasn't on any kind of program or anything. And he's just, I want to train like you do for a whole tournament week and just kind of see what that's like. So he basically did every workout that we did. And man, he's doing alternating rotational snatches, like off the ground into like a split back lunge. Like it, after 10 minutes, he's like, this is great. Like, man, of all your friends, you can give a bunch of crap because you did it better than all of them. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, you gotta start charging people for this. You gotta host a camp, find a farm, host a week long camp and take people through like uh, a week in the lifestyle of a, of a PGA pro. And just like people would pay for that, man. You add the fitness element to it as well. Yeah. We're trying to figure out my, my real job kind of gets in the way of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, But I would definitely love, I'd like to do like a golf and fitness thing where, you know, people get to train in the morning, play golf in the afternoon you know, do like a, like a three or four, very similar to how Rich does it, incorporate a little bit more golf than people just going to his house and working out for like 10 hours a day, that, which is cool. I've done that. Uh, but I think from my perspective, like the golf side and kind of show how the both go hand in hand would mm-hmm. be pretty cool. And, uh, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to do that down the road. I need to get back on the golf course for a little bit for the next time being, hopefully. <laughs> What are, uh, are there any athletes? I mean, you've had a chance to train with, it's like a who's who of people who have been on our podcast. You've trained with Rich, you've trained with Margo. Like, uh, we haven't interviewed Dan Bailey. That might be one. I should, I should reach out to him, but is there any athlete could be in the CrossFit space, could be in the professional sports space in any realm, any athlete who you haven't had a chance to work out with that you'd really like to? Uh, I would love to work out a few different ways. I'd love to do the Laird Hamilton XPT thing, like oh, yeah. all the breathing, the underwater stuff. I do a lot of cold exposure, so that would be super interesting. Um, uh, anything with Wim Hof, even though that guy's insane, uh, <laughs> I think it'd be very cool just to understand the, just the mentality side of, Hey, we're just going to embrace suffering and, and deal with it and come out better on the other side. Uh, I would love to work out with Jocko. I think that would be great. He, I don't, I think his like warm up weights would be my like max, <laughs> but I think that would be super cool. Um, uh, across the the sports, maybe you know, you know, anything. You know, Tiger would be awesome. I've had a chance to train with Rory. He was awesome. Uh, just completely different mentalities, uh, and not wrong or right, but just he knows what works best for him, and mm-hmm. and was. Uh, very, very cool. We trained together uh, a few, uh, earlier this year and it was great. But man, anyone that just pushes themselves to try to get to the, the best version of themselves, you know, whether you're a sports person or not, I mean, I, I train with some guys that are, you know, typical nine to fivers and they're getting after it, man. And uh, 
I just like people trying to push themselves and, you know, they, ignorance is not an excuse and they take a good amount of ownership and everything that they do. And, you know, people are going to, you know, kind of step into the gym with that mentality. I'll train with anybody. What do you, you talked about the longevity in the sport of professional golf earlier. You talked about, you know, this being a sport where you can play for a long time. I remember what it was. It was it Tom Watson at the British open, you know, 10 or 10 or so years ago, like he was in contention. He was in his late fifties in contention on the final day for a major championship. I mean, there is a lot of longevity in this sport compared to something like fighting in the UFC compared to, you know, professional basketball compared to CrossFit in many ways. How are you approaching your future? And do you have a timeline in mind when you, when you think to yourself, Hey, here, here are the amount of years I want to be able to perform at this level. Yeah, I think that's changing. Cause uh, I mean, have you ever done any of those like biological age tests and everything like where you kind of figure out they like test the age of your mitochondria and people way smarter than me. But when I was 29, my biological age was 42 and uh, now I'm 35 and my biological age is 26. So, you know, from a physicality standpoint, I feel like I feel great. So the idea of, you know, having some kind of physical barrier to stopping me from playing is not necessarily like outside of my mind because anything can take place, but it's not necessarily how I think about it. I think about it as my kids get older, I have a seven-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter and, you know, kind of the opportunities that come before us in the next few years with golf and, have an opportunity to be a little bit more of it in the dad role appeals to me a lot and, um, doing some stuff outside of golf. Um, but for now, man, my, my job is a professional golfer and I'm going to try to be the best steward of that and be a good dad and a a great husband and uh, try to manage, help my family as much as I possibly can. And those questions I'm sure will get further along uh, later in life, but right now that's my focus. And, um, <laughs> I'm sure maybe a few years I'll have a better answer for that, but right now I'm going to enjoy, uh, what my body's able to do and hopefully be able to do this for a long time. I, I got to ask, I asked Rich Froning the same question about his kids in CrossFit. Have your kids shown any interest in, in golf? Uh, not really. I mean, they'll always have an a- access to it. Just like Rich's kids, like, you know, Hey, I'm going to show them this is what dad does for a living, but you know, also, they also know that, especially my son's old enough, this is why dad has gone a decent bit. Hmm. So it's kind of even give and take. And my son will go hit balls. And my daughter's a danger to everyone on the golf course when she's out there, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, including herself. <laughs> so that's going to be a little bit. Um, but just all sports in general, I, I wasn't specialized in any form or fashion growing up. And I played everything. And I think all kids should be able to do that as well. And like I said, they'll have access to golf for a long time. And if that's what they decide to do, great. But I'm going to push them along to be everything they possibly or what they ever decide to do. Uh, the fitness aspect would is something that I, I hope to carry on more than the golf side. Just because, man, just like I said, you take good care of your body, it, it'll take care of you. And um, I wish I could push them into a little bit more of gymnastics because every person that I've ever trained with that has a gymnastics background is an absolute freak and are great at everything. Um, I wish I had the body awareness uh, of, you know, it's like, oh, you go train with a guy and you watch him like warm up and he's just ripping out muscle ups. It's like, oh, this is what we did to gymnastics, like to get ready. It's like to get ready for what? <laughs> uh, the most humbling I've worked, most humbled I've ever been in the gym and I've trained with 
a lot of people it was the university of auburn women's uh we thought it was their gymnastics team it, it was part of their gymnastics team but it was they were like borderline like cheerleader they were doing like the tumbling mm-hmm. and they were warming up and the girl's like oh i'm like the I'm like the 10 person on our gymnastics team. And I bet she did 50 muscle ups in like 10 minutes. Like, and she was just cruising. Like it was nothing. I'm like, you're, you're not even the best. (laughs) What does that look like? And she's like, yeah, I I don't really, you know, it's just something I do is like, if I did that, I would tell every person I knew for every day of my life. (laughs) So it's just like, it was no big deal, but uh, if there's any part of the sports or fitness that I could push on my kids would be some type of gymnastics movement where just, I could care less if they competed at it, but just the learning, the training and the body awareness at a super young age. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to learn that when you're, when you're young and small than when you're, than when you're grown and, uh, oh my. it's a further distance to the ground when you fall down. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Your, <laughs> your, your, your fear of, of everything bad that can take place and the reality that you're, you're human <laughs> is, is a real thing. So, but, but yeah, hopefully my kids will kind of take on my son will kind of dabble in it a little bit. Well, Scott, thank you so much for, for chatting today. Where is the best place for people to keep up to date with you, your playing schedule, your training, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Stallings golf. And then my name, Scott Stallings. Uh, you know, we have a good amount of golf stuff on there. Good amount of fitness life. You see my crazy kids on there. Uh, and just kind of, this is who I am and, you know, pretty simple guy. And I like to train hard. I like to make a lot of birdies, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I love spending time with my kids and, uh, being a dad and being a husband. So, uh, if that's what people are into and you know, want to see a guy that learned a lot about life in a real short amount of time, it's all out there. You can't ask for much more than that. Scott Stallings, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, man.